I think people used to feel that they had to have a reason to want flexible hours, like, oh, I have a child to drop off. But now people are like, oh, I'm not a morning person. I'd rather start at 10 and work later. You know, mm. those kind of conversations have started to happen. And then from a benefits perspective, as I mentioned earlier, the number one is work from anywhere schemes. Welcome to Tech Talks, your weekly technology podcast hosted by myself, David Savage, powered by the Harvey Nash Group. On today's show, we are talking all about flexible work. We're talking about productivity. We're talking about collaboration. And to help us do that, we've got Molly Johnson-Jones, the co-founder and CEO of Flexa Careers, and Holly Boothroyd, uh, who runs a channel called Her Hello World with 50,000 young professionals eager for career advice. And as we've just passed Blue Monday, what are people looking for from work and their life and the balance between the two? Joining me today, Akish and Amber. Yesterday was Blue Monday. Did it have any significant impact on either of you? Uh, Mate, to be fair, yesterday I was having this conversation with someone who works with us. Um, I did say it was one of the busiest Mondays I've ever come across. So I don't know if it was just a correlation between being blue monday i don't think it is i don't believe in that sort of shit but no i'll be um, honest with you i think blue mondays are low yeah 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 but it, yesterday was mental like yeah I don't know. yeah same it was like the busiest monday i've had in a long time but i didn't yeah. actually know it was blue monday what what is blue monday it's, it's, it's statistic isn't it statistically the day that most people are likely to resign or start looking for jobs or something but it's one of those things that it's like it's self-fulfilling you tell everyone that they should be depressed because it's the middle of January and yeah. they should change jobs and therefore they probably go and do it. Mm. Whereas if we stopped calling it Blue Monday, it would probably be less of a thing. Right, okay. You know, it, just, it just feels like it's kind of been slightly contrived. Yeah, yeah. Just Don't we have another Blue Monday? Isn't there um, a Blue Monday? There was a, something blue the other week as well. Well, it's Black Friday, obviously November. I don't think. No, no, one. not that. Cyber one. is it a Cyber Monday? Is it Cyber Monday? Oh, that's also November. Is that a thing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm um, sure there was another Blue Monday in the lead up to Christmas. I'm sure there was like another day where everyone was like, "Oh, it's Blue." I don't know Tuesday or something. Maybe I'm just completely making that up. <laughs> woeful, woeful Wednesday, tearful <laughs> yeah. Thursdays. So. I think I am just making that up actually. Yeah, there we go. I'm, I'm having a quick look. Blue Monday. Blue Monday. Yeah. No, it's. There's nothing coming up apart from apart from January. I swear there's some day where everyone's like, it's meant to be the most depressing day of the year or something. Maybe it's not called Blue Monday, but there's another day along yeah. the same sort of lines of this. Blue Monday or Grey Monday is the name given to the day in January, typically the third Monday of the month, um, said by UK travel company Sky Travel to be the most depressing day of the year. The concept was first published in 2005 press release from the company, which claimed to have calculated the day using an equation. It takes into account weather conditions and thus only applies to the Northern Hemisphere. So it's got bugger all to do with jobs. I always thought it was to do with people resigning. So it's basically people just, I don't know, depressed. Yeah. <laughs> That's Wonder a cheery wonderful. note for the uh, start of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like I like Blue Monday the song by New Order. That's not depressing. There you go. There's there's. It. Um, however, it does have a nice tie into today's podcast because today's podcast is all about flexible working, productivity, environments, holidays, working from home, working from anywhere schemes. We're talking to Flexa Careers, and then we've got an interview with Holly Boothroyd of Her Hello World. Um, so both of which are very heavily tied to what people are looking for from work. So it ties to that 
very, very nicely indeed. Uh, we will hand over to the first interview, which is with Molly Johnson-Jones from Flexa Careers, and then we'll come back with some thoughts on it. So I'm chatting to Molly Johnson-Jones. Molly, you are the CEO and co-founder of Flexa Careers. How are you this morning? I'm excellent, thank you. How are you? Yes, good. Excellent is, is a lovely response. That's that's so much more kind of positive than the usual going through yeah. my kind of greeting, isn't it? Um, well, that's lovely. Uh, very quickly, before anything else, who are Flexa? Flexa is a talent attraction and employer brand platform. Um, so I guess, what does that mean? We basically get companies discovered for the right reasons. So the things that people really care about that could be working from home one, two, three, four days a week, remote first, being able to travel the world and work at the same time, dog-friendly offices, flexible hours, all of the things that are really at the forefront of candidates' minds, we verify companies for being truly flexible. Then we put them on our platform, which currently has about 330,000 users. And we get the companies discovered through our unique filters uh, that allow people to search by their working environments and things that they actually really care about that you won't get on any other platform. Now, looking at LinkedIn, it says that Flexer is from October 2019. How accurate is that out of interest? Uh, we had the idea <laughs> in October 2019. Oh, was it was, I think, a bit earlier than that, actually, kind of August 2019. Um, we didn't launch anything because we hadn't built it um, until February 2020 when we entered into beta. Um, so free testing uh with kind of friends and family and people that knew about it and we fully launched as in into a proper product not dissimilar to what you'd see today but a little bit less advanced um in september of 2020 so whilst the pandemic has obviously been awful for so many different reasons actually in terms of your proposition and what you're bringing to the market it's been quite well timed it has been now um we definitely had a period of being slightly unsure about which way the market was going to go um, back I would say in September of 2020. I think you know when the pandemic and working from home first started everyone was like wow working from home is the future and this is amazing and no one's ever going to make me go back into the office and I love it and then I think kind of six months later uh, or even less four months later like the sheen of that wore off a bit and people started to definitely feel if their companies weren't prepared for it if they weren't technologically set up for it and so the um favor that working from home held with so many people started to wear a bit thin um but i think what has come out of it that has definitely been a good thing for us is the awareness of the need for balance um and work-life balance coming to the forefront and that even work-life balance actually is probably a bit of a misleading term it's more of a blend is ultimately the achievable thing. And so people's desire for that has obviously massively increased with three quarters of people saying that they would only work for a company that valued that work-life balance or work-life blend. So that's been a good thing. But it's been a bit of a roller coaster over the past 18 months of people's sentiments and what companies are doing and um, ultimately where the future of work was going to go. So obviously you've, you've got a lot of different companies on your platform. But before we hit record, you also told me that you've just opened your own office. Yeah. So I suppose actually a lot of what you think or what you believe or what you've been told from from customers has probably gone into the decisions that you've made in setting up the yeah. patterns and the structures for your own business, right? We really, yeah, we try to practice what we preach to an enormous extent. Um, 
And as a result, actually, it's been very interesting. We've hired three people over the last two months, all through Flexa. Um, and we found it incredibly easy to hire in a market that everyone told us was going to be a nightmare. And we could see because it was obviously difficult. Um, the reason for that is we, we do have an office, but it's optional. You only have to come in once a month. Ultimately, we've got people in Liverpool, Newcastle, Devon, Cambridgeshire, all sorts, all over the place. Um, so they only need to be in once a month. But giving that option ultimately makes it more flexible because not everybody wants to work from home all the time. Um, we have like 36 days holiday plus bank holidays. You can work from anywhere in the world for a month, a year. Um, dog friendly. We have five office dogs out of eight people. <laughs> um, so we saw what people were doing and what our users were drawn to and what they were kind of filtering and searching for the most. And we tried to model our working environment and our business off of that um but it's hard as a startup because you've obviously got limited capital um and it's not necessarily always practical to do the full bells and whistles of amazing maternity and paternity leave or unlimited sick pay or you know mm. those kind of things that do cost money but ultimately in the long run um do pay back the business so let's kind of just question or, or query a couple of those because i think it's interesting that it's you've got to be in once a month why yep. once a month not once a week or once a fortnight yep. why is it so important that people do come in once a month it's a really good question and i think it's really uh dependent on the business so we are in a position where we're small enough that once a month everybody will still get to speak to each other build those relationships you know go to the pub together we do like half a day working together and do the kind of big strategy sessions and then from lunchtime onwards we'll go do like a like crazy golf or darts or pool or something and then go to the pub and have dinner um so i think once a month allows is enough to allow everybody to build those own individual relationships we also have a very active slack channel and every company will say that but actually genuinely it's quite good fun to be in and people are always chatting and it's quite involved so we've never felt the need to meet more that may change in the future and it's one thing that we always say and recommend to companies is like don't see your working ways of working as being really rigid like they need to iterate over time to make sure that they're right for your company the majority of companies um that do have an office do like people to be in once a week they're bigger um there might be more things that need to be in, done in person they may not be as used to asynchronous working it's very much a balance of what a company feels right is right for getting their work done and being as productive as possible but also giving employees what they want and it depends on the hiring radius as well like realistically how are you going to get someone who lives in Fife into London once a week like it's not going to happen um mm. so it depends on where you want to hire from as well and that, I suppose leads me on to, to the second query which was you can work anywhere for a month a year yeah but the person in Fife does it really matter whether, I mean, why, why one, one month anyway? Because if you're Fife, if you're Cornwall, if you're London, I mean, that seems quite strange to me off the kind of on the surface of it. So it'd be great to just kind of understand the thinking. Yeah. Tax. <laughs> right. Um, so when we say anywhere, obviously you can work anywhere in the UK whenever you want to abroad. Um, so I am not a tax lawyer. Please do not um, seek your own legal and tax advice on this, please. But <laughs> it's basically, um, when you look into the tax jurisdictions and tax laws of 
all of the countries in the world. There are some where it's very easy to fall into being a taxpayer if you're there for longer than about 60 days. Mm. So companies tend to, a lot of the companies that we see doing work from anywhere schemes and us as well, will say 45 days maximum in one place per year. That way you avoid double taxation and the company does too. Um, so that's the reason for it. That's interesting because it's it's one of those things that I kind of overlook. So it's interesting that companies are beginning to have to build those yeah. policies and guidance in. Um, I'll be yeah. perfectly honest, kind of in my mind, part, part of me thinks February's rubbish. Why not spend February in a much warmer place? Yeah, exactly. And lots of people want to do that. And what we found fascinating, it's probably um, one of the biggest changes we've seen on the platform over the last 12 months, um, is people searching for those work from anywhere schemes um, and people wanting them. So it went from pretty much no one because they weren't a thing. Like, how would you know whether you were able to leave? Yeah, go to Cape Town in February instead of being in London. It's warm. Um, through to about 45% of people wanting one. That is an enormous change. You mentioned that in September, we were kind of at a crossroads last yeah. last year. Um, was it last year? No, it was 2020 now, wasn't it? Christ, that shows how long this has been going on now. Um, but we were at a crossroads with trying to work out which way companies were going to go in terms of their thinking. And there is this sense that actually a lot of the big corporates are looking at each other, trying to work out what everyone else is going to do. And they're all very, very concerned about the the kind of the, the meeting point between um, productivity and collaboration yep. and where one begins to fall away. And, you know, people are very productive at home, but perhaps they aren't as collaborative or so on and those kind of bits of thinking is it that certain companies are beginning to 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 not look to each other they're beginning to kind of go no this is the way that we operate as opposed to this hesitancy in trying to kind of kind of gauge the the general direction of the wind so to speak i think there's still a lot of um waiting to see who moves first in the large corporates now some are leading the way um like we have a couple of very large, a few very large companies that are flexified is quite unusual because um, they've been flexified for over a year now, like Farfetch. They've got 6,000 employees and they've been with us since the very beginning because they are genuinely very flexible um, and they didn't care what other people were doing. They were just like, right, we're moving to this. Same with Allianz. They're flexified as well. Verified by us and, again, the insurance industry, not exactly the most flexible that you'll have ever seen. Um They've taken that step, but I would say that, like, particularly the large banks, you know, you keep hearing Goldman Sachs CEO, City CEO saying all sorts of things about working from home. There is a fear innately, I think, in the unknown in humans. And I think that that really comes through with people that have been used to watching their employees because then they think, oh, I know that they're working because I know that they're in the office. But what people forget, and I think it's it's just a lack of familiarity, is that you can do no work in the office just the same as you can do no work at home. You know, I'm sure that we've all worked with or sat near those people that sit there watching BBC Sport all day pretending to actually work. Um, I think it's just the lack of um, the lack of knowing what someone is doing that really does put some quite traditional people on edge. To answer the first part of your question, though, with the kind of the productivity, like how is that balance? Again, it really depends on the company. I think one of the 
biggest obstacles that large companies have to overcome is um, the number of meetings that they have. Like ultimately, I think we have one team meeting a week for half an hour, one, and the rest, everything is is external. Whereas I, when I've worked in large companies and I was in investment banking, we'd have five or six internal meetings a day. Um, and so that does make working from home harder, but ultimately are those meetings necessary? Probably not. Mm. Um, so I think it's about prioritizing, making sure that there are days where there are meetings, where maybe those are the days you're in the office, days where you're, you don't have meetings and it's more kind of task-based time. Um, I think there are lots of different ways you can balance it, but it does require taking a plunge and trusting your employees. And I don't think a lot of companies are there yet. The last two years has opened up a, a, a huge kind of black box of issues that I suppose companies hadn't really had to consider before because prior to the pandemic, it was just, this is our offering. And if you aren't prepared to work in this particular way, yep. then you, you're you out of a job. I have an autoimmune disease um, and I'm not alone in that. I, I was reading a fairly worrying but interesting article in the guardian a couple of days ago suggesting that four million people have developed autoimmune conditions it's estimated that they're rising by about three percent and nine percent per year and for an organization during the course of the pandemic where health has become so important and people's choices around their health is obviously you know the, the emphasis has been put on people to, to to put their health first and to have that kind of way of thinking. It's now very difficult for organizations because all of a sudden they're, they're being challenged and asked questions that they had never been asked before. And it, yeah. it looks set to continue and to get more complicated for them. Yeah. How, how are organizations dealing with those kind of questions that they hadn't been able to, or they hadn't even been posed previously? Well, I think that the most forward thinking and progressive organizations, they're not necessarily questions that have to be asked. Like ultimately, if you're allowing people to manage their time and to work from home two, three, four days a week or fully remotely, then that gives you the ability to manage health conditions or gives you the ability to manage children, pets, caring commitments. Um, so we always recommend to companies that they make a minimum commitment to flexibility that absolutely everybody has access to without having to request it so you don't end up in those very difficult conversations where you suddenly realize oh god that person that we've employed has a disability or a condition and often they're not comfortable disclosing that I never was to employers after I was sacked um, for having an autoimmune disease as well and asking to work from home for one day a week and 10 days later they put a settlement package in front of me sacked me and told me to leave immediately I never told anybody again after that I just looked for companies where I wouldn't have to disclose it and that there was a working environment that would allow me to manage my autoimmune disease without it having to be their business um I do think that there's been a shift in in power between company and candidate um I think people can demand that level of freedom and flexibility now because companies are finding it hard to hire good people and those good people will only work for them if they have some flexibility so the ball is in the can the good candidates court now not the companies um so i would hope that those difficult conversations start to become less and less because there are working environments that just don't need them to happen anymore because they can thrive regardless of um regardless of their condition or circumstance so look, as a last point then, if you've got an organization that's keen to be on the platform and, and they think that they have a good offering, actually, what are people looking for? What, what are the top, I don't know, 
arbitrary number, but you know, the top two or three things that, yeah. that actually you're advising to organizations that they really strongly think about. Yeah. Um, so if we look at the breakdown, so when a candidate comes onto a platform and they're on board, they tell us their flexible working preferences. So we have hundreds of thousands of data points, if not millions, um, on flexibility. And the most in-demand working environment is hybrid. That means between two and four days a week from home. 68% of people want that. About 24% want fully remote, which is interesting. It's actually lower than a lot of the studies would suggest, but a lot of those studies are done by remote companies so they'll be biased um and only eight percent of people want to go into the office every day about 55 percent of people do want some flexibility in their hours that's gone up quite a lot actually um since the beginning of the pandemic when we saw it about 30 i think people used to feel that they had to have a reason to want flexible hours like oh i have a child to drop off or oh you know um i can't think of another commitment off the top of my head but now people are like oh i'm not a morning person i'd rather start at 10 and work later you know mm. those kind of conversations have started to happen and then from a benefits perspective as i mentioned earlier the number one is work from anywhere schemes the number two is um unlimited annual leave or enhanced annual leave obviously unlimited comes with its own pitfalls in itself but more than 25 days a year holiday and the third one is dog friendly offices people love them so many people got dogs during lockdown. So. I'm a cat person, so no comment on that last uh, point. As you can see, I'm the dog person because I got the dog, my, my dog's face on a cushion behind I, I think so. So my view on dogs <laughs> is that dog, the dogs are wonderful. Um, and the, 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 the lovely part, the lovely aspect, taking a dog for a walk, wonderful. Yeah. All the other stuff I can, I can do without. <laughs> <laughs> Look, thank you very much for your time today. It's been fascinating to talk. And um, look, I, I know that you've just opened your office, so I hope that that transition uh, goes smoothly. Yeah, I hope so too. It'd be nice to actually have a space to work in. <laughs> thank you very much. Right. Uh, in terms of where to start on this, um, let's let's pick apart Flexa um, Career's own um, uh, offering to their staff. So they need to be in the office once a month. I thought that was quite interesting, just once a month. Mm. Mm, I, 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 it seems I don't know man like everyone's different but and it depends on the work and stuff but I think and your workforce but once a month I'd say is maybe a bit low I don't know like depends on your company culture and so I, I don't know what the right answer is here to be honest you know but the thing about what Molly says and what's great is that she she um has the awareness that that it's got to change over time because she says that because they're small enough once a month, they can all come together and they, yeah. can, they can all meet in the office. They can all go for a meal together. They can all play darts or pool or, or crazy golf or whatnot. And it's enough for everyone to meet everybody. Whereas obviously in our company where it's mm. hundreds, thousands of people, you can't all get together once a month. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess like once a month, obviously just a guideline as well, isn't it? I imagine that obviously their offices are like open outside of that, you know, so if people do want to come in, they can i think the thing is when you say once a month it doesn't seem very often but then that probably comes around a lot quicker than what you think but then i think if you're doing it like if, if they're getting together for like a meal and darts and stuff like that which is obviously lovely but it's like a nice incentive to get people into the office my concern is like when that drops off do people then suddenly think oh i don't want to get together or i don't want to go into the office now it's like is it sort of like i don't know like dangling a carrot a little bit isn't it and then 
when these things go away do people then instantly just think you know what I'll just I've got no reason or I'm not going to be going out I'm not socializing with the team do I need to be there um and I think I don't know people always ask that question of like I've been productive at home I've done it for the last like two years what's the sort of added benefit what value am I getting from jumping on a train making my way into the office and then being there face to face as opposed to just well, you know what meetings over teams I, I get what you're saying but I wasn't in the office last week mm. and I'm looking forward to going into the office and seeing people this week and I think because we're not forced to go in mm. actually it becomes this thing that you look forward to I I I put it down to retention as well man like I think it's it would be very hard for businesses to retain talent at the moment because from a recruitment perspective I think businesses can become a bit transactional now because mm-hmm. you can literally do a job and a role sat in here and I can then switch to companies I'll get a new laptop sent I'll just plug in that laptop to my monitor I can do another job I, th- I think I think you probably lack a bit of that connection and the emotional piece like we me and amber were in the office last thursday and after two years it was heaving in there like Mm. it it was there was a proper buzz it was like a proper sales store back again i loved every minute of that day like i'm not gonna lie like you know it was it was genuinely and this might sound real sad people probably listening to this working from home thinking this guy's off his rocker right but I mean, I've, I enjoyed going back to the office, man, but that might be because my lifestyle is different. I don't have kids. I don't have things that, you know, I need to be at home for and stuff. And for me, it's more about going out and seeing your colleagues, being with them, being part of the hustle and bustle. No, yeah. no, no I, I, I get it right because we're talking obviously about Flexa right now, but the second yeah. interview that's coming up later in the show with her Hello World, Holly Boothroyd, she's got like 50,000 followers on Instagram, the vast majority of which are under the age of about 30, 35. Quite a lot are still in education. And we asked her to put out a bunch of different questions on her Instagram stories, right? Mm. And where do you feel most able to collaborate? Uh, and where do you feel most productive? We gave the options of home office or either, right? Mm. Where do you feel most able to collaborate? Um, home, 210 office 442 Hmm. so almost twice as many people in that age bracket saying that the office is more collaborative and where do you feel most productive home 386 home 279 so not as clear-cut actually on the productivity piece so a lot of people still saying that they're productive in the office despite obviously what molly was saying in the flex careers interview about you know they're all being we all knowing that person who just sits on sky sports all day me (laughs) <laughs> as, as you said you sit on sky um but genuinely that shows that that i think certainly amongst that cohort of people who are on their own perhaps working in a cupboard amber uh <laughs> going, going into the office is a really nice environment and that you and you like being around people yeah 100 yeah. percent. and, and I, I think, think... Oh. Nikki, sorry oh right i think um i think also in terms of collaboration right i think the office is the best place in my opinion if i was doing that survey in terms of productivity i think it varies on what what work you're doing i think it it massively varies on kind of what needs to be done like don't get me wrong if 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 part of our work was kind of you know writing large reports and you know getting into the the thicker things with numbers and you know that that needed real 
concentration like you know and you had to be meticulous at everything you did um not that we're not like i, I think you're probably better <laughs> working from Save. home but, yeah i know i, I thought oh, better, better throwback um <laughs> but i think i think like i think but if you were to from a sales perspective i mean i still get that buzz and drive being next to people and you know bouncing of yep. energy and and you know just having a laugh like mm. you can't do that when i'm sat here in my like home office so to speak and yeah no i, I get that like having been having worked in sales for the best part of 10 years i totally get that yeah now working in more of a creative standalone role it can be much better actually to sometimes just sit down with headphones plugged in and music and in mm. my own headspace so when it comes to, uh, I'm, I feel quite lucky that I've sat on both sides of the fence yeah. and I will totally agree with you. I think it totally depends on the work. And I think that actually some, some jobs, the dynamic of having people around you, it works much better. Yeah. 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 I think you're hundred percent right. When, if, when you said like standalone role and what Keith said about, if you are like crunching numbers all day, you need to really like, you know, sit down and really concentrate. Then obviously you need like that peace and quiet and you probably just, you're happy to just sit on your own and just get your head down. But if, I don't know if our type of job it's like you just learn so much from being around other people don't you like you just learn yeah. from like osmosis and you just pick up on what other people are saying and then like say the, the buzz it's all about like energy in our type of job yeah. as well yeah. so you need bet, the bounce of other people's energy I bet if you asked Rodri your manager he'd give a slightly different answer because yeah. I bet there are days where he's got to do stuff where he just wished that you lot would fuck yeah off. probably yeah. But, <laughs> but also here's an example of last week right like I just walked past Amber's desk she was like oh you might know a bit about this and it was about, you know, some sort of um, kind of recruiting and stuff and, you know, helped her out with a couple of things. And like, but, but in, in, in the same way, I think if you look at away from our industry, forget, you know, recruitment and kind of services, if you get technology, Agile was built on the fact that people were collaborating, working together, scrum teams, daily stand-ups, right? And that kind of continuous development off a product throughout the stages so i just find it hard how people you know I, I kind of find it hard how people can um suddenly then go from like that super uber agile environment to then you're almost kind of standalone again ish i don't know man i think in technology though it is it is possible to have that kind of agile style environments through channels like slack and whatever else but mm. their jobs themselves are or more, I'm, I need to. I need to have a look at this problem. I need to solve this problem. I need to write this line of code. Rather than, I, I think what what we have done, what I used to do, what you guys do, is very much. Hey, does anyone know anyone who might? It's a lot more. You bounce ideas off each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't possibly have every candidate or every sales type type situation scenario in your head. So you you're constantly bouncing stuff off others around yeah. you. Yeah, which is which is slightly different. Which is easier doing in the office, isn't it? Like, say, I just grabbed yeah. the keys the other day, and then you just have a quick conversation. Whereas, if I was at home, I'd have to pop him a call, and then it's, I don't know, it's like trying to find time in his diary, or do you know what I mean? You just don't mm. have that person's available, so it's so much easier just to grab him for a quick five minute chat, and then you could just get your head back down and get on with stuff again. One thing I did want to talk about, if you don't mind, because I know that we're kind of short on time. One month anywhere in the world was one of their um, policies at Flexi Careers. So one month working anywhere in the world, and apparently people searching for work from anywhere, there's been a growth of basically 0% to 45%, so almost half the market that they're dealing with. Um, people now searching for work from anywhere policies. Um, it's something, again, that I talked to Holly about, but 
we look, all three of us are in a situation where we have no kids. Um, Amber, you know, I, th- I imagine for you in, in a flat on your own, it'd be very easy to pack up life and go, sod it. I'm going to go work in Cape Town for 30 days. It would. Well, yeah. I've, I was actually going to say that at the end of this call, Dave, I'm moving to Cape Town. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it is. It's like, I know what you mean. It's like for us with even no to, look, responsibilities even, and stuff, it's easier than people who've got a family. For me and, and Hayley, yeah, yeah. I mean, the only the only thing that would make it slightly difficult for us is Hayley would be like, who's going to feed the cat? But apart <laughs> from that, we could literally just, on very short notice, go anywhere. Mm. Is that something that either of you two have thought? Because I'll be honest, Knowing that February's around the corner, if I could work in Spain for a month, I would. Oh, I'd 100% do it. But the thing is, I think it'd be, make it so difficult because you're on, like, in a sense, like you're on holiday, aren't you? But you're working. So for me, I think I'd almost get into like a bit of a holiday mode. I can't say that I'd mm. be 100% still super productive because... Really? Yeah. yeah. I'd like to say that I probably could be and I'd get my head down, but then almost it's like you're in a different country. It's all very exciting. It's a different culture, different things happening. Like surely you'd sort of like, that would dip off a little bit as much as you wouldn't want it to. Like see, you'd I get kind of engrossed a little I, bit in like, what's going yeah. on around you. I, I agree with Amber. I think, I think, I think from from a productivity perspective, and I'm just putting my hands up because I know the sort of person I am, it would massively drop off. Um, and I, I, th- I also think from a business perspective, I think there'll be a bit more scrutiny on your productivity because they know that you're having that month away. So it'll be like, well, let's see what results are kind of coming through and stuff. Like, Dave, you spent too long on the other side, mate. Like, do you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're sat there, like, you know, nodding and it's like... I get, I get what you're saying. I just, I just think it's super easy now to know if someone's productive. And I, I think if you had that opportunity and you're given that, if you're given that amount of freedom, yeah. you'd probably respect it. Like if I, if I, if I went to Seville for like three weeks, for example, yeah, yeah, you'd have an amazing time in the evenings, and um, you'd, you'd, you know, it'd be great because because you finish work and you'd be there. Yeah. And then you'd have the weekends and you wouldn't have to travel. So you'd have like three city break weekends away in a row with none of the hassle. I think that you'd, I also think that you'd see that it was a massive kind of opportunity to show work that it doesn't matter where you are. So therefore yeah. during the day, you'd, you'd, you'd be quite disciplined. But yeah, I'd be I... like super, super anxious the whole time. But like, a yeah. Keisha, I think, okay. yeah, I think because I just think that they were like watching me almost to sort of just yeah. to make sure that I'm doing stuff, which you, you are like, but I think I'd just be so like, on edge yeah i think also it, it, this is all new man it, it's all new like it will take a while for people to become you know kind of common with it, it will take a while for us to go oh i haven't seen this person in a while or this person's not been in the scene you know been coming to the office like where, where's he gone or she gone oh it's just doing their month away in i don't know botswana or something like do, do you know what i mean like so and, does and, it surprise does it surprise you then that 45 percent of people are searching for it it does surprise me, yeah, because people obviously want to go into an organisation where this is very much a thing that's spoken about and encouraged and stuff like that. Mm. Whereas I think, I think there's certain industries, mate. To be fair, that is is very different. And 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 also the way I look at it is, people that are starting their work life. I mean, we've all been working for, you know, seven, ten, steady, 40, forty years for you. Uh, <laughs> but 
but like, I, th- I think like grads and stuff that I joined in, man, I, I remember when I was a grad and I like had my first job, I was in the office at seven, wouldn't leave till like half seven, have like a half an hour lunch and it was militant, I had to wear a tie every day. Like, yeah, but that's gone, that's gone, yeah, isn't exactly, it? I mean, that's, exactly. that's been washed away that, by the last uh, few years. That, that's what I mean, that's what I mean. So I think, I think the youth of today, I mean, I don't class myself as a youth anymore. Oh, but, you sound old there. Yeah, age. I know, I'm, I'm an old 30 year old, I told you this before the call. Um, <laughs> I think I think I think the youth of today, I think they they will be encouraging and they'll probably be the ones that will break the kind of mold. Because I also think if you look at our business, mate, if I'm completely honest with you, you know, our kind of MD in London, I couldn't imagine him working a month away and going on holiday somewhere and you, know. you don't think I could see him working? I could see him working oh. for a couple of weeks in Marbella. Yeah, no, a, a week maximum, mate. No, I could see him doing two weeks. I could see him going. I could see him going away for a month. Yeah, and doing two weeks holiday and two weeks working. Yeah, but that, yeah, but that's that's different, though, isn't it? That's so effectively. You, but it makes it a lot easier, isn't it? Because you're already there. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because I know, I know for a fact that Zoe used to go away with the kids. So this is our MD, Andy. So this is a brilliant example. Podcast listeners, you won't have a clue who we're on about, but it's a married man. His kids are teenagers at secondary school. So obviously his kids and his wife Mm. are kind of to a degree, their holidays are dictated by school holidays. Mm. So therefore his wife and the kids go away for the whole of the summer. And he used to go out for just a couple of weeks and then have to come home on his own. Now in that scenario, I could totally see him going, well, hang on a minute. I could go out and spend the whole month with my family. They can still have a whole month off mm. but i can be working for two of those but yeah. still be with my family so that's and why the hell wouldn't you do that yeah so that's where it's important right so then if you come to people like me and amber who aren't married who have no kids we'll be out there and we'll have a million and one things that we want to do rather than <laughs> switch on our laptop during the day and go oh yeah let's just jump on a team school or record this podcast not no offense to the podcast but like do, do you know what i mean it's, it's different lifestyles and i think yeah i think it's habit as well isn't it like you yeah. said a new grad who's coming through that's never had to do five days a week in the office for them they're quite I think they're quite comfortably just adjust to it wouldn't wouldn't they they wouldn't even question it they'd be like yeah I'll take a a month off and I'll go and work in you know as you said like Botswana or somewhere but someone who's done five days a week in London pretty much their entire career then you said to them right you've got the freedom to go and do whatever you want you can go work here for four weeks it Mm. just would be completely out of their comfort zone I think as much as they'd enjoy it the idea of just actually taking that step and doing it they'd be like well I've never done this I've never been allowed to do you just feel you feel a thing yeah you feel a bit odd and and like I sound like a complete scrooge today but like (laughs) we 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 implemented um like and a lot of organizations implemented like winter hours and summer hours and these sorts of things and i remember like i've I probably only made use of it twice because i was <laughs> a little because i was a little bit like i feel a bit on edge i feel a bit cagey like oh this is all a bit odd like i'm you know i'm not meant fear to be of the working. unknown isn't it yeah and, and also the thing is like the, as as people within the industry there's so many things that you kind of leave towards the end of the week and a Friday afternoon and me anyway, because I mean, as much as I like to say I'm a smart worker, I do not work smart, but you know, it's like you, 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 you're having to cram a load of things in if you wanted to make use of like that Friday afternoon off. So after a while you go, do you know what? Sod it. I'll just, I'll See, just I, I'll be, I'll be totally honest. I've gone to the other angle where actually to a degree working hours have stopped making any sense to me now. Mm. Like, 
I, w- I know I work well in the mornings. I know I'm rubbish in the afternoon and I know I can be quite productive in the evening. Mm-hmm. Like nine to five has completely, over the last two years, has just dissolved for yeah. me. But who even works nine to five? Like, I'm sorry, unless you're like, you know, working like retail hours, which is probably the most rigid hours. Like if you're in, in industries and where you're office based generally, that sort of thing. I was having this conversation with, with someone a few weeks ago and it was like, you know, it was a candidate who was interviewing for me and we were messaging at like half 12, quarter to one on a like a Thursday. And then the last message was like, um, well, I'm glad the nine to five culture's over, otherwise I wouldn't be able to get a hold of you at this time. And he was just like, we were WhatsApping, then email. And then after a while, I was like, do you just fancy having a call? Because it's a lot easier to explain certain things. And we just had a call at like half 12 at night. Right. Oh, sorry. I was going to get clarification. So that was at night. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just like it's like no one really works as long as you're, you know, kind of half clued on. I think kind of crack I think on. As long and... as you're working, like you say, if that's the time that works better with you and your lifestyle. Like you said, yeah. Dave, you work better in the morning. So if you want to be up at the crack of dawn online at like you know five or six or whatever, yeah. then if that works for you, like it's just that, it's individual sort of preference, isn't it? Mm. totally but that's a step in the direction that we're talking about with work from anywhere if, if we that's a that's one small step along that road to it where it's like okay if we if we trust people not to be like nine to five and we trust people to manage their day according to how productive they are at various different times and what works for them then it will be a step towards then we'll trust them you know we like like molly says in the interview the days of seeing people working are coming to an end and you just have to take the plunge and trust people. Mm-hmm. And the more companies that offer policies like this, the more that it's going to become a, a very fluid, flexible thing. Yeah. Yeah. But when, when do you think, like, do you think it will go like take a step up a gear or do you think as in like, obviously they work once a month in the office Like my sister's the same shirts for the ministry mm-hmm. of justice. And she's the same, like they're once a month and that's all they do. But do you think there's going to come a time where it's like, okay, twice a month, once a week or, or do you think we're still way off of that well for molly's company it says it grows and, and as, as they need to get together a little bit more i think i think by the sounds of it they will probably move towards more time in the office over time as they grow but they've got 36 days holiday plus bank holiday and they've got to work from from anywhere policy as well so they, they're going to remain truly flexible in that regard I, and i think i think that i think that what you will find is that people there is an expectation to maybe get into an office once every couple of weeks and see people and and actually people will want to do that and I, I but I also think that that if someone just pops up online in Greece that it won't be something that people go well why are you there yeah mm. true I, I also think organizations uh, I think I think they need to be we talk about flexible working but they need to be flexible for those that also do want to come into the office, want to be, you know, have a bit of structure. They work well when it's a routine. Uh, I think we can't just all go the other way and go, we, yeah, you know, we're going to be super fluid and all this sort of stuff because. But it'll be, it'll be blindingly obvious in, in the results. Yeah. It, yeah. Whether true. Or not you're working. True. That's the thing. That's, yeah. that's what's the pan. That's what the pandemic has given you. It's given you a situation where, where how we're measured is, is, is different. It's mm. not through seeing, it's through, well, what are the results? It's a lot It's a lot clearer now. than it, It's mm. more transparent, even though you can't see someone. Yeah. Also, we know what people want as well, if they want to be working from home or they want to be working in the office, because there's about 450,000 LinkedIn polls every week that ask the same <laughs> question. True. So That's I think true. we sort of, we know what page everybody's on. But um, I agree with Akish, I think you've got to make it 
good for like the people you got to cater for both yeah yeah Yeah. because you can't just assume that suddenly everyone wants to work from home because also what you're forgetting mate is we talk about mental health we talk about mental health some people man have shit shit lives at home and they're 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 like coming to the office it's better like you know i know people that are going going through breakups i know people that are but yet they're still in the same home i know like domestic abuse all this sort of stuff so you can't just assume that everyone has it rosy and oh yeah we can Mm. pack a bag and get ourselves to the south of france and work here yeah maybe like you can but not everyone can so no absolutely absolutely and that's obviously something we've talked about yeah office is a bit of a safe haven isn't it for some people so i think you have to like you say you have to have that option because otherwise people are just locked indoors and not everyone's situation and setup is as good as everyone else's is it and what yeah and what you might think is oh you know we're great we're letting people work from home and all this stuff actually you're having a worse effect on someone's mental health well we've been we've been sharing this backwards and forwards for the best part of 20 odd 20 plus 25 minutes go on Um, for hours isn't it really we have got another interview and it's it's quite a nice moment to kind of jump off on it because Actually, it's it's addressing the ideas, aspirations, thoughts of that slightly younger generation through Holly's network. Uh, we've asked them six questions with regards to where do they want to be working, what matters to them. So I think, uh, you know, and uh, un- unlike perhaps some of the LinkedIn polls or The Apprentice last week, did you see The Apprentice? Oh, I love it. It's so I did good. See it, yeah. yeah. It's so, so bad. They're so, so bad. bad but I think yeah. The best bit last week was the market research where it's like 50% of the market. Like, one child out of one two child kids. Out of two. Like statistic, statistically insignificant, I think. No, but love we it. have genuinely got like 600 people in some of these votes. So a lot more credible than 50% on The Apprentice. So we'll <laughs> hand over to that interview. And uh, yeah. Uh, Guys, thanks for taking some time to join us. So joining me today, we've got Holly. Holly, you run Her Hello World. Uh, you've been on this podcast before, but for anyone who who doesn't know who you are, do you want to explain who Her Hello World are or is? Yeah, so uh, I'm Holly, of course. So I kind of split my time. My day job is actually being a software engineer at Microsoft, but mm-hmm. all of my kind of Free time, my big passion area is working on a platform called Her Hello World, which I founded back in 2018. And it's really a platform to try to help get people into technology and really thriving there. Um, I know growing up, I there was, I don't know, there's a lot to learn about technology, a lot of different ways to get into it. And so having some advice and mentorship is really valuable. So I'm really hoping that, you know, Her Hello World serves as a platform to kind of democratize tech and career coaching so we can start, you know, striving towards a more equal um, and representative tech industry. So I think when we first interviewed you, you had about 18,000, 19,000 followers. And then I remember kind of looking back at it and going, oh, you're up to nearly 30,000 followers. And now you're nearly at 50,000 followers. So there is obviously a huge amount of interest and enthusiasm for for this area and, and from young people trying to t- access information, right? Yeah, there's massive growth and especially on uh, TikTok as well. I think these platforms are really serving as a way for people to get exposure to industries and fields that they would not have otherwise and really get mm-hmm. that advice, um, again, from people kind of en masse, hearing lots of different opinions, lots of different, you know, kind of experiences of working in different parts of tech. I find that a lot of people don't have, especially like my age um, and older, 
a lot of people don't really have a lot of exposure to computer science or software engineering until a bit later in their careers. A lot of the times, usually even after, if they have done some kind of further education, like an undergrad or something like that, it's not until after they finish all that, that they finally get their hands on a bit of code or hear more about the industry away from the stereotypes, like the negative stereotypes, what the industry was more like in the past. Um, that they get to experience it and start to then want to get into it. So there's a huge number of people trying to get into tech, which is great because we really need the talent. Um, so it's kind of a good mutual beneficially really beneficial relationship. Now look, you you are reasonably towards the beginning of your career in terms of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet you are also, I suppose, one of this generation who will remember a time before the pandemic in an office and kind of going in five days a week. And to a lot of people that you are talking to, that will never be something that's in their experience and will feel weird and alien to have assumed. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I can imagine in maybe five years' time, people going, you went in five days a week? Why? I mean, <laughs> how often is this coming up in terms of the conversations now? Is it, is, is it a factor? Is it a factor in terms of being able to attract people into the sector? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I remember before the pandemic, even talking to my sister, who's really big on wanting a remote role. And I was thinking, I was like, that's just not going to happen anytime soon, especially on scale. And then obviously the pandemic happened and, you know, loads of things are a problem with this pandemic. But a silver lining is at least the fact that I think we've made an enormous amount of progress on this kind of push towards remote working and flexible working. Um, and so my experience and speaking to kind of people on my platform is that remote and flexible working is definitely it's risen very quite high up on people's priority lists. Um, it's now a proven thing that pretty much everybody can do. And so there's not a whole good reason why not to do it if that's mm. how it works best with people's lives and they're still productive. Um I did put some stories on my Instagram the other day and the results Absolutely. Were, and the results were interesting because you, I, I'm looking forward to getting into this. Yeah, so I can I'll, I'll read them out. So I was asking about, you know, whether where people felt most Yeah, should, um, should we go through them should we go through them one by one? Yeah, we can go through them one by one. Cuz cuz I think this will be fascinating because cuz a lot of the time that I've spent on the podcast has been talking to corporates about productivity versus collaboration we've done it a lot of conferences and a lot of organizations are looking from one organization to another to see who does what first so your ability to have tapped into nearly 50,000 people potentially who are coming into the workforce yeah you, you put the first question you put out where do you feel most productive home work or either before we find out what your audience said what's your answer oh mine is definitely home yeah I went into the office the other day and it was really hard to focus. I was quite surprised that I managed to do it before. And even with the noise canceling headphones, there was just an open plan office and I love it, but it was quite hard to find time to just sit at my computer and think for an extended period of time. So home is definitely where I'm most productive. Fair enough. I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd agree. So what did your audience say? They would agree with me as well. So the majority was for home. Um, so I can actually just read you the numbers. So there was 386 people that said home. There yeah. was 279 people that said work. 
Really? Okay. So it's still quite, still quite a high number. When I first put it on, work was winning for a little bit, and then ho- home beat out. Me. Yeah, and then there was 183 people that said either. So you know, mi- mixes, but in that case, home did did win out for productivity. Before we go into anything else, just out of interest, what's do you know what the demographic is roughly? I mean, how how old is like the mean of your followers? Yeah, so most of them are sort of you have your kind of like 18 plus usually a lot of them are kind of 18 plus and then Mm -hmm. probably the top range is more about like 35 so they're pretty much kind of like working people um professionals possibly possibly in a relationship maybe single probably not family yet yeah so less less families a lot of people going through university or at least kind of heading at the end of like sixth form, um, that kind yeah. of stage where they're really thinking about their careers a bit more yeah. professionally and fully. But so it's kind of maybe a yeah, 16, 16 to 35. I mean, anecdotally, I look in our office and whenever I go in, the vast majority of people there are in their early tw- to mid twenties. Interesting. Well, I think, I think it isn't, it isn't. Cause I, the vast majority of them, they live in flat shares yeah. or they live in and and they like going in for the social aspect and they yeah. like seeing they it's also they're not working in a bedroom mm-hmm. and i think maybe when i say oh i'm surprised it's not higher i forget that i've got a bunch of rooms that are quiet and yeah. i won't get disturbed in and yeah. I was going to say to the people who there's a couple of people in my office that do go in quite consistently at least we were allowed um and their reasons are quite similar to what you were just mentioning is small flats in central london you know kind of just wanting a change of scene having been in a box (laughs) for the last you know year without maybe too much access to other people or outside things like that um i think it's kind of nice for me because i at least live with my partner so i have some kind of human interaction but if i didn't have that it would it would feel quite lonely, I would think. Yeah, I bet. want to go into the office. So. so question two, I think, is going to be really interesting. Question two. That was, that was where are you most collaborative? And collaboration is the thing that is giving organizations headaches. The assumption is that you collaborate better in an office than at home. You again said home office or either. Yeah, so this time they agreed with the office okay they were, and that was that was quite a strong one so it was home was 210 office was 442 wow okay so quite a bit more and then either was 153 so i think do you agree i think it depends on what your work is I know there's certain things that, so like I'm a software engineer, there are certain things that's really nice to be able to speak in person, looking at the same screen and be able to draw things out. You know, it's like drawing is a lot easier to do while you're in person and kind of throwing ideas back and forth a bit quicker. But with things like screen sharing, I find it, I I don't really have too many problems. I quite like being able to have multiple conversations at once or being able to take pause, do some research, and then come back to that person without Mm. 
just being like, oh, hey, let's end the conversation here. I needed to go do some research. It can still be that kind of asynchronous conversation. And I can have four or five of those asynchronous conversations at once when it's virtual. So I think it depends. Obviously, clearly my audience finds it to be better in the office. Yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I think it's interesting. Look, I'll, I'll, I'll be very kind of transparent here. I, I think and I get the sense and I know what I'm like. I find it easier to collaborate in a, in a kind of a creative sense yeah. in person because you're aware when someone's on a conversation with you, but they're reading something on their screen. So they obviously haven't got the window open or it's very easy. Like I'm reading some stuff like the questions off, off a phone in my hand, but you wouldn't be able to see that the phone is in my hand mm-hmm. ordinarily. Whereas if you're in I think if I think it, the social conventions of sitting in front of someone stops you doing all of these other things that are distracting mm-hmm. and you don't give yourself to the conversation in quite the same way perhaps when you're at, when you're at home and there's screens that others aren't aware necessarily how engaged you are or you aren't. I think that's a, that is a very good point. I mean, I know I am guilty of it at times as well of being like oh let me just do this quick little thing and then you hear your I'll name replies that email yeah yeah then you hear your name being called up being like oh so what do you think about this and it's like oh let me just my internet cut out quickly can you just repeat that <laughs> bad isn't it <laughs> oh dear oh dear uh okay right question three how many days do you want to work from the office uh you put one two three or four or more What's your own personal answer? Uh, I w- I, it's going lower and lower as I've gone through this. I started <laughs> really enjoying going to work at the start, and it's still do. I have a great office, love my teammates, but it's the commute. I don't want to commute two hours a day, right? So I was at two to three days a week before. Now I think I've gone down to one to two. Um, people do tend to kind of, you can see they're a little bit mixed. It's the, the results are spread. I should really have also done zero to one. I had a few people message me saying they're like, I don't want to go in a single day of the week, which is fair enough. Okay. Um, but so one was 236. Two was 207. So pretty similar. And they kind of just go down from there. Three, 179. And then four plus is 135. So it's quite... It's quite a spread. Uh, most people want to go into the office less, though, less days a week. So I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because, because the, what it basically says is that, that what we're saying is people do want to see people. They, they do want to collaborate in person. They do like having an office to go to. But the idea of an in-office culture, which is still up for debate in some mm-hmm. parts of the industry, would appear to be one that's that's fighting against um now a a huge majority that do not want that and if that's the case i would imagine they're going to find it very difficult to hire talent yeah it's interesting i think i think there's a couple things that change people's different circumstance like i've benefited from already knowing all my team members and have worked with them for the last two, three years. And so when I work and meet and collaborate with them, it's so much more of a personal relationship and I know who they are and what they're like. But we have hired, you know, loads of people over the pandemic where they don't know anybody. And so I think it's having that kind of collaborative uh, collaborative relationship is going to be a lot harder. They might want to go in and actually see people a lot more. 
I think there's also going to be a thing with a bit of an age difference. Like mm. I think a lot of, in some ways, maybe it depends on life stages and maybe what you're used to, but I could make arguments saying that, okay, maybe young people do want to do maybe more remote working or even like young families want to do more remote working. Um, but say you're really used to being in the office and have done so for 40 years. And that's kind of just what you like to do. Like I know my dad isn't a huge fan of being constantly on calls because it's just, it's just draining Hmm. to always be on calls all the time. Um, he kind of prefers being in the office. And so Microsoft solution, which I think is actually a pretty fair one to kind of balance things out is they've basically said that we can uh, work from the office or work, I guess, work from home automatically 50% of the time when we end up going, you know, returning back life back to normal. And then if you would like to work from home more than that, you basically just need to tell your manager um, just so they can make sure resourcing it is all all is fine. Um, and then you may just lose your kind of like permanent desk in the office and you would just have to hot desk instead. Okay. So I was like, that seems like a pretty fair compromise for mm-hmm. people who really want to work from home or people who still want to get some of that kind of in-person um, working. But I think figuring out how it's going to work best for everybody and every company is going to be interesting. My personal preference is I think that we should start at least kind of working towards some kind of remote first type working, still support the in-person, but think about a remote first, similar how we're like, okay, we're going to switch to doing mobile first or cloud first thinking. We're going to do remote first thinking and make sure that it kind of works for that situation first. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Moving on to question four. Yeah. Uh, just to wear time. So where would you work if you could work from anywhere? This was a free text box. What jumped yeah. out? There were loads of really fun ones. Go on. <laughs> Literally hundreds. Uh, Italy, anywhere in the world, Bali, van life, just a lot of just at home. Van, so, hang on, van life? Van life. So you just, you know, build. Oh, well, as in a. Yeah, you know, oh. have you seen those van conversions where they'll put like, oh, yeah. basically a tiny house on wheels? Yeah. Um, so just van life, go everywhere and anywhere with uh, an internet connection, uh, coffee shops. A lot of people really just wanted to get out and explore the world and, you know, do their work during their reg- whatever hours makes sense, but then travel experience you know, see different things, be where, you know, it makes them happiest. And I think that's kind of what was most exciting about all of this is the idea that people can start to live their best lives a little bit more, live those kind of dream worlds that they're like, one day I'd love to live in Bali. Well, now you can for two weeks and you'll just bring your laptop with you and enjoy it. <laughs> I, think, I think the fact that you don't necessarily have to take holiday to do mm-hmm. that is the big thing that, you know, you don't have to go, well, I've only got four weeks to play with and therefore I should, you know, you can go, well, it's all right. I can go there for two weeks and I can still have a, uh, have a holiday as well. Yeah. I know the big thing for me when I moved over to England was I was like, oh, this is nice because I'm getting to experience it over a longer period of time where I'm just kind of living here and, you know, going to the grocery store, going to 
like meeting friends, all that kind of stuff, where it's just so much more of an authentic experience. Yeah. And it's taught me a lot about myself and others and all sorts of things. I think it's a really great way to just become kind of a better person. Um, And so it'd be really cool for other people who are now enabled through, you know, remote working to be able to go out and have some of those kind of experiences themselves, Mm. possibly on a less committing way than than me trying to uproot my entire life and find new jobs and all that. But um, it could be a really, a, a side effect could be the fact that we are just kind of more united as a global population. Well, isn't that, that's a very, that's a very lovely way of looking at it. <laughs> Let's hang on to that, given everything. Right. Uh, question five and six are quite quite mm-hmm. heavily linked so let's let's start with five yes. do work from anywhere policies attract you to a job not bothered nice to have an essential yeah so not bothered was not very popular it only had 63 okay. Um, so quite, interesting. Quite, okay. quite a bit lower uh nice to haves was 324 okay and essential was 241 it's quite high essential so quite high there's quite a lot of people who again this is what i think is I was sort of saying earlier is I think it's really jumped up in people's lists of like, okay, well, I've just been doing this. Why isn't it essential? So this, this I think is really interesting because it's at the kind of at the core of the debate of, of, of how I suppose the relationship between employer and employees is evolving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in particular, you know, that the startup market has always looked at ways that they can compete with the large corporates. Large corporates can obviously afford to offer you a vast array of, um, of, of benefits and the other interview on today's episode with flexor careers said you know that they're setting it up well we can't offer all of those so we will offer pretty much unlimited holiday and work from anywhere because that's that's a very different kind of style of life that might attract people so we did we did ask you to ask your audience you know how do you feel about startups using flexible working as an alternative benefit that they can't to those that they can't afford what do people say People actually thought thought that was pretty good. Um, there was a couple people that were like, no, not that interested in it, but that's to be expected. Most of the people were saying that, you know, it seems like a pretty good benefit um, as long as the kind of major ones weren't being sacrificed. Um, they'd be interested in it, especially if there was a plan in place to bring some of, like depending on what other benefits they're not offering, to bring those uh, those other benefits in when there is kind of like the finances or resources or whatever. Um, but yeah, people seemed pretty happy with that idea. So we go. So, so if you are a, a younger company listening, that cohort that are coming into the sector in the industry, definitely the, the idea that working from home or working from anywhere policies um, should be overlooked. I mean, the, the not bothered on question five was, was dramatically low. So that, that is a strong indication that it matters to people definitely matters. And I think it's only going to matter more and more. I know one person had said on here, and I think they made a good point is flexible working and remote working are really great perks, especially now. But as the I think the industry evolves, and you know, I mean, every industry and these technologies evolve, you know, we could talk about metaverse and all that kind of thing. I think it's going to become less of a perk and more of an expected an expected thing because again we've just spent two years proving that this is very possible to do um and so much tech is now here to support us in that Mm -hmm. um 
I could see how just over time it's going to become less of a defining feature to have flexible and remote working as part of your benefits. Well, look, I know that her Hello World is is primarily about those those younger people or people in the early stages of their career getting advice, career advice, mm-hmm. working out how to navigate their way through. But I think it's also really powerful when you can kind of turn it around the other way and hopefully get industry to listen to to what these people are saying because ultimately they're going to shape the industry. So if an organization wants to thrive, then listening and being on message with, with younger folk is, is is really crucial. So thank you for giving us the opportunity to listen to what your audience has to say. Yes, they are very helpful. I do I do appreciate it when they uh, they help me prepare for these things and they were all keen for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and look, if someone's keen, uh, her hello world, all one word on Instagram. Anything else? Any, you, you mentioned TikTok. Is that yep. a, on TikTok a, as well? Same her same. hello world on Twitter uh, for Holly Boothroyd underscore. And that's pretty much my main profiles. <laughs> Amazing. Well, look, I really appreciate your time today. And uh, yeah, uh, I know that you're kind of in central or central-ish London. So hopefully as, as things <laughs> open up increasingly and we get slightly warmer weather in a couple of months, you can you can enjoy being in London. I know, fingers crossed. One day soon. <laughs> <laughs>